Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go on a great day for talk radio, a monumental day in the history of this city and uh, maybe by extension the country. Certainly, as we've seen, streets were teeming with humanity. Uh, There had been this incident and uh, the latest word we have, as Danny was just mentioning as well, a couple of people in custody, two handguns recovered, uh, two people were hurt uh, and their non-life-threatening condition right now. But uh, there had been some people also hurt in the stampede because panic ensued when there were uh, apparently shots ringing out on the southeast quadrant of Nathan Phillips Square during the rally at the square. And uh, this is where I wanted to pick it up as we embark on Hour 3. We'll also find out about uh, Doug Ford now trending worldwide uh, because of the reception he got, which I thought was uh, interesting, but does it really suggest anything and uh, we're going to pick up on that as one of the talking points going forward certainly with our panel as well topics worthy of discussion right now joining me on the line david perry he's the ceo of investigative solutions network uh, and global news radio's crime and security analyst as to in these cases with such a large contingent of people in a downtown core in a concentrated area how can security ever hope to make sure that there are no untoward incidents as apparently uh, this one that marred uh, an otherwise celebratory mood. It's good to have you on the Oakley Show, David. Appreciate your joining us. Good to be here. I wish it was under better circumstances. Well, it's one of those things where I guess, you know, if some estimates have put it as high as 2 million people were out on the streets, uh, it's almost law of averages that maybe something untoward would happen. Uh, Is this a security breakdown or is it just one of those things where you can't be in all places at all times and uh, people with ill will intent will probably uh, manage to do some something untoward? John, I see this as a, a security success, quite frankly, from what I've seen of the news reports this afternoon. The police were on scene, responded immediately, made an arrest, uh, seized two firearms, got people to the hospital, got them immediate treatment by uh, paramedics. And, uh, you know, there was some uh, people stampeding in the crowd, which is normal, but really in a fairly controlled way for the for the situation. So I, I, I tend to look at this as a is a good example of how good planning and good security and lots of law enforcement and uh, other first responders can really make a bad situation uh, successful. Well, that's the intriguing thing. I mean, if these individuals were apprehended, the alleged assailants here, uh, how does that work? I mean, is it, does it happen that it's got to be somebody right there uh, on scene to see them? Or if they're uh, tracked through a crowd, uh, is that done by, you know, a, a network of communications across a grid? How does that work? There's a whole host of, uh, you know, networks working at an event like this. You know, you see all the frontline officers and first responders out there, and there's, there's an awful lot of them. So that's, that's a big part of it. Um, but the second part is um, the fact that there are a lot of plainclothes officers who infiltrate the, the crowds to make sure that if you get this 1%, and I do want to say this out loud, what a shame. Uh, such a wonderful event, 2 million people down there 
we're on a world stage and it has to be marred by uh, a couple of idiots. So one percenters who will go to events like this and they don't care who's around or who they hurt. If they bump into somebody that's a rival, they'll just do what they do and pull out their firearms and start shooting. And uh, that's 1% of the crowd, probably less than 1% of the crowd. So a couple of people out of 2 million who caused all of this commotion. And unfortunately, we're going to be uh, viewing this across the world and it, it impacts the reputation of our city. So it, it's a shame that it happened. It certainly is not related to the Raptors. It's not related to the celebration and the purpose for all of these people being there. But the reality is, and I can tell you without even looking at the screen, that this is gang-related activity, and it's a problem that plagues our city and every major city in North America. And when there are large events, they also go to these large events. They go there well-armed and, and ready and with the intent to shoot if they come across anybody that's a rival or there's any conflict. So what a shame. Is that just a sense they're emboldened by the fact of the numbers and they think that, uh, you know, they'll be anonymous in a crowd? Well, there's some of that for sure, John, but there's also, uh, you know, the, the, the draw because it, it draws mostly good people. 99% of the people there are law-abiding good people down there celebrating a festival and, uh, and a huge, uh, huge win for the Raptors. And unfortunately, uh, gangs have become so mobile these days that they also go to these events. And it's not one gang, it's multiple gangs. And in a crowd that size, if they come across each other, and it's not just unique to this event. Every major event that we have in the city of Toronto uh, attracts all good people and a couple of, uh, of people that are intent on doing what they want to do in, in the form of gang activity. And it's not the first time we've seen this in Toronto. It's just such a shame that it happened in broad daylight while we were celebrating such a wonderful day for the city of Toronto and the Toronto Raptors. And uh, we got what we got. Unfortunately, this is what people are going to remember about this celebration, and that's that's just wrong on every level. Again, with David Perry, Global News Radio's crime and security analyst. So I guess, you know, it's uh, impractical to, or, you know, the logistics dictate you can't uh, have everybody subject to a wand down or a metal detector or anything like that. Uh, so you're saying undercover officers as well as uniform police, uh, is it up to them then within their own area of, uh, you know, their own bailiwick there, I guess, uh, to check things out and make sure nothing untoward? Or is it maybe better to have an obvious police presence, you know, uniformed officers, maybe some on horseback? I mean, would that make a difference? Well, they had all of that down there. So the way these large events, and this could be historically the largest event in the in the history of the city of Toronto. If it's not, it's certainly up in the top three. You know, they have a, an emergency management public order unit that deals specifically with special events. So there's an awful lot of planning that goes into this. And, of course, some of the planning is templated from our experience in other major events. And, you know, you could look back to the days of the Toronto Blue Jays when they were champions. And, you know, we had to build, and I was there in those crowds and working with those teams back then. And, and they had a, a massive police present, but uniform, undercover. And in this event today, as you can see, especially with the Prime Minister and the Premier and other, you know, state members there in attendance, they had snipers on the rooftops, they had... You know, good communication, and I can assure you that whatever happened there was probably under under the watch of uh, you know snipers using scopes and guiding uniform and plainclothes police officers in to make a quick arrest. So, you know, I really got to tip my hat to the police officers. I saw some of the photographs today already on on the news where uh, they tackled these uh, these two armed individuals, and you know, think about the. Uh, 
the sacrifice and the risk that they had to do that. So, you know, we should all be very grateful for the reaction of the Toronto police and the paramedics who got in there and took care of the uh, the suspects and seized a couple of firearms in a very, very high-risk situation. And then you get the paramedics, through good planning, were, were allowed to get access to the victims very quickly and get them off to hospital for treatment. So the, the plan that was put in place worked. Could you ever prevent this in a in a public scenario? Absolutely not. You can only prepare for the event that something bad does happen and have the reaction plan ready to execute. And from everything I've seen, that's exactly what happened. And uh, that's why I'm one of the biggest supporters of our, our uh, frontline first responders because they, they put themselves in harm way. As a matter of fact, as I'm sitting here talking to you, there's a photograph up in the media with police officers tackling the suspects, rolling around on the on the sidewalk with armed individuals and a big crowd around. So very, very high risk for these officers, and they did an outstanding job. Yeah, I was going to ask you, because I've uh, seen the picture as well, any idea where that takedown took place? No, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell from the picture. But, uh, you know, there's one, two, three, four, five officers, maybe six officers. They're so entangled with the suspect underneath them somewhere that it's hard to tell. And there's I can see a plainclothes police officer wearing a vest, that says police that was probably just uh, exposed at the time of the incident. But, you know, what a what a tragic ending to such a wonderful event. And it's why I'm also uh, so outspoken about, you know, the need for the public to support the police on, on uh, their enforcement, and especially when it comes to guns and gangs, because this is what the results are if, we, if the police aren't properly supported, given the resources and equipment they need. So we've got a real gang problem in Toronto, and I know that I'm not the first one to say that. I may have been back in the 80s when I first started identifying gangs and the activity of gangs in the city of Toronto, but uh, we got a real problem, and unfortunately they can mar a beautiful event and a celebration like everybody was trying to have today. We'll leave on that note. David, I appreciate your insight as always. Thank you. My pleasure. Anytime. You got it. Again, David Perry is Global News Radio's crime and security analyst. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.